Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you don't mind hitting the like and subscribe button, we have two new episodes coming out every week. Now let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do want to ask you about, Vega, I want to ask you about your experience with ayahuasca, if you really did do it or not, because I know you rapped about it on the album with Machado. Yeah. Yo, yo, crazy thing, damn, this could be a very long answer or a very short give answer. It, give it, give it, talk to me about options. the long answer. I love this we're going, shit. We, yeah, so, so, uh. I started I this podcast after a DMT trip, so that's like. That's incredible. So yeah, I, like so I, I, actually, I want the long answer, you know? Yeah, that shit is life changing, man. Yeah, I actually, I've never done it. I've never gotten the opportunity to until very recently, you know what I'm saying? Speaking with Tambata and, um. So I will have the opportunity to do so in the near future through Cambada, which is that's you know going to be incredible, needless to say. But uh, shit, the furthest I've gone with it is uh, mushrooms, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, cubes. I've, I've never done psilocybin uh, as a resin. I've never done some of the other. You know, I've only stuck with cubes. I've done those uh, shit maybe five or six times. Uh, after the first time of me taking shrooms, I actually, I was like, damn, you know, there, there was some sort of calling that was telling me to, like, start growing them myself. So I had, like, looked into it and seen everything that I needed to do and, you know, basically the inventory of what I needed. And this took, like, me a couple of months just gathering the, the researches. Through that, there's a lot of things that you got to weed through as far as, like, people that tell you you need to do this specifically and that. It's like, you really don't need to do any of that shit. So a lot of the process was me basically trying to weed out some of the BS and shit that you don't really, you know, some of the steps that were necessary. So once I got everything I needed, um, I, I started growing them. You know what I'm saying? Amazing experience. The yield was pretty solid for my, my first time. Uh, and that's how I got some of my friends into it, you know, who weren't familiar with it before. And, you know, you got to understand, like, I'm from the hood, so shrooms ain't really readily available in, in, in certain areas. So um, I was kind of the bridge between these two cultures for a lot of my friends to kind of, you know, get into this. So, yeah, once they took it, man, they had life-changing experiences, man. I had one of my friends, uh, you know, proposed to like his, his girl, girl, long time girlfriend and shit. And he ended up getting married and, you wow. know, so, um, and you know, he owes a lot of that to, you know, the mushroom experience that he has. So, uh, the furthest I've gone, man, you know, like it's, it's kind of a lot of people break it down into like five levels as far as the trip. Shit. I've been like on the cusp of three, five is like complete ego death. A lot of separation from reality. Um, I haven't traveled that far. That's like a heroic dose. That's like five and a half, six grams and up. So um, the last nah, time I, never I had really tripped, I had to take a break. I made a fool of myself in front of Paul oh, really? Rosenberg on on, on Thanksgiving <laughs> on four grams of mushrooms. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. And his but friend so, was like, you know "This is Sam Buck. He has a podcast, and I'm just tripping, like meeting an idol for the first time." You know, right, right, right. But but I will say, man, you know, having a bad experience, uh, you know, tripping in front of Paul Rosenberg, is, that ain't all that bad, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, but 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 nah, man. So uh, never done peyote. Uh, never done peyote. Never done ayahuasca. Uh, never done DMT. But uh, I'm I'm. 
definitely more than willing to to take it there and and see how you know see where the rabbit hole goes, man. And, what and was your first trip convert. like? Oh man, damn man, my first trip was was incredible. And I remember I was uh I was documenting everything, so I was kind of like as I was experiencing it, I was uh either like writing it down or I was conveying it. Um, but nah, you know, I did a tea. I didn't eat them. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I did a tea and then I think the second time I did it, I did like what's called, uh, a lemon peck. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I drank the tea. When you drink the tea, it, it kind of hits you quicker. When about like 15 minutes, 20 minutes versus when you eat them and then the whole digestion process and blah, blah, blah. And then the, you know, psilocybin gets converted into psilocin and all that. So like, um, it was crazy. It started out, I'd say kind of like, a uh, a, a mild to intense uh, weed high, and then after a while, there's a you know then you got the the, the body portion of it where uh, it's it's the body high is crazy you know with that on the come up you know so there was that and then uh, after that man you know it's it's like a lot of people's experiences as far as like the laughing and shit and they're like you, you get the giggles and all of that. Um, Did you have any lasting of, lessons come out of it? Out of your hell first yeah, man. Yo. Hell yeah, yeah. Definitely learned a lot, um, not only about myself, but my approach with music and my craft and uh, shit, just, just about life, relationships and things of that nature of like, you know, maybe you might look back and go like, damn, you know, I I, I, I kind of was wrong in that situation. I probably should have communicated this. And moving on in the future, you know, I, I got to get better with communication and, you know, just things of that nature, man. So like, nah, it definitely, I definitely discovered a lot about myself and changed my life that was uh i'd say shit the greatest spiritual experience i've ever had what sure. what made you want to uh superior you're just sitting there have you done mushrooms hey, before? yeah 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 no, 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 no. have you done psychedelics is that like like have you done any psychedelics uh no I would say when I was a little younger, you know, as a kid, I was trying a little bit, but uh, yeah, but nothing crazy, so, nothing too crazy, you know. All right, ba- you know, I, I live. I, a, what were you saying? I live in a, I live in a boring country, like, like <laughs> it's Germany, and you don't have so many opportunities to make something like this. You know, but don't you guys have those big uh, electronic yeah, right. festivals? Lit, you guys have those big <laughs> right. festivals where right. everyone's off Molly and everything. Right. Yeah, no, but uh, but those festivals they are in the uh, in the big uh, big cities, you know. And um, I live in a smaller city, and uh, it's more like uh, you know, more like uh, Daniel's on his adventures, you know, when he goes to the forest and then we go fishing. Yeah, you can do something like this here too, but it's not so cool. it's not so excited, you know, and it's so. And you're a little. Yeah. I don't know. I was gonna say maybe you're a little late in life to start, but you could start. You have a family. You're you're developed. Yeah. You could you right. could you could go in it. I will. I will. I will. I will soon. I, I am will. interested <laughs> in this. What made you want to start growing them after that? What's that? What's it? The uh the science of it called my. The science of oh, uh, mushrooms. Mycology. Mycology. mycology yeah. yeah. What made you want to get into mycology? Man, I, I can't even explain it. It was just like a calling. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, what the fuck? What made Noah build the ark and shit? Like, he just, just kind of like, you know, had that voice either within him or he heard a voice and was just like, yo, do this shit. You know, build it and they will come in a way. So, nah, it was kind of like a calling where I just felt like, yo, I got to 
I feel like it's my responsibility to do it. Also, like I said, um, me later on becoming the bridge to kind of connect this culture to a lot of my friends, you know, and they wouldn't have found out about it otherwise. It was like that was my purpose in life was to kind of get this gift that I felt I received to other people who may need that experience as well, you know. So at the time, I didn't really have a, you know, I didn't think about it at a uh, conscious level in that sense of where it's just like, yeah, do that because this will be the outcome of it. But yeah. I can't explain it, man. It was just like a, a something told me to do that shit. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful. What are both of your relationships to spirituality? I would say for you, Vega, pre-mushrooms versus post-mushrooms. And Superior, I just want to hear if you are uh, spiritual or religious in any way. Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Soup, man. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you first. You first. I'm, I'm thinking about it, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep in it, man. But, uh, I think before like pre mushroom trip, man, I was, uh, a lot more, a lot more closed off and kind of just living in my own personal bubble. Uh, as many people do, you know, you get caught up in your own life and you get caught up in the whole, like, I got this job and, you know, I have this thing I got to do and this thing here. And you're not really thinking about you being a part of this, uh, this microcosm, you know? So I think after the, the mushroom trip, man, it really made me realize how connected everything is. And the fact that it's like, yo, you aren't the only person that exists. And like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. just more so kind of thinking about myself as a part of a bigger whole. Um, but I think before, man, I was kind of like, uh, ah, I mean, shit maybe like an atheist in a sense, you know what I'm saying? And, and after the mushroom trip, man, I've, I've kind of grown more to be leaning more towards like, um, an agnostic, you know, where I don't really put a title on a particular God, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I do feel strongly that there's a higher force, you know, there's certain things in life that you can't, it's, it's not man-made. You can't explain this shit, you know? Um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, I kind of just float between a lot of different things, man. I read up a bit on Buddhism. I read up a bit on, you know, Hinduism, uh, just a lot of different reading of religious texts, but I don't really follow any particular, uh, school of thought. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Superior? Oh, you so, man, you spiritual? Yeah, I would say, um, I believe that, that there is, uh, something, you know, uh, that is bigger than us and, uh, I think that, um, you know, what, what you do is um, a lot of stuff is, is, is destiny, you know, it, it, it has to be li- like it is, you know, but, uh, but I, I also think that, um, hey, don't, don't trust <laughs> just the destiny. If you want to, to uh, reach something, work for it, you know, in my opinion, I, I work hard for, for something. If, if I want to reach something, I work hard for it. And uh, I, I don't, just trust the destiny or, but I, I believe there is something, you know, uh, above us and, uh, is uh, making all these rules. Yeah. I think a lot of things are how you described how you learned mycology in the beginning. A lot of things is just wading through the bullshit until you find what works for you. And I think oh, that's sure. like a bigger lesson that can be learned in anything you do no matter what you start in the beginning you're not going to know what you're doing 
Yes, sir. Five words, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, that should apply to anything in life, man. For sure. It is funny, not funny, but it is weird how certain things, especially personal things, you feel weird talking about. Like, I feel weird talking about how to be better in relationships, like personal relationships, or like my relationship to a higher power. Like, I, it's weird to talk about, but we all have those things. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think we hide, like, our actual feelings about things? From in conversation in like talking to people, well, because I mean, the more you reveal, the more vulnerable you become, you know. And it's like the the fucking the veil is lifted, and people can see clearly into who you are and clearly into your soul. And the more information you give, the more you feel as though you know judgment can be passed upon you, you know. And something as as heavy as spirituality, I mean, shit, you know. Um, that's a, a a pretty deep connection. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's not your, a connection to like, oh yeah, my fucking friend from middle school who, you know, we talk on and off and shit. Like this is a connection between you and a higher power, you know, a higher force. So, uh, that's not something that people want to kind of just, and also, uh, that's not something they want to, you know, just discuss so freely sometimes. Uh, people kind of keep that more guarded and more shielded. But um, also, uh, yeah, it's just you know, uh, it's it's some it's it's one of those things where sometimes it's hard, hard to convey and hard to put in the words. You know, you know, you know what you feel, but sometimes it's kind of hard to translate that and put that into you know language and you know. So yeah, is it hard? Because I I don't want to speak out a term, but both of you guys are private people. Is it hard to create and put out? Art when you're also trying to protect your identity. Yeah, super. <laughs> is it hard? <laughs> what you think, my German brother? Um, I would say um, if I if I make music, um, I'm really, um, you know, my mind is like, uh, how to say? It's really, really focused on. Um, on, on what I, what I, from where I get my, my inspiration and what I, um, it, it, it's very, very difficult to explain, but, um, I don't think about anything else, you know, just, just to, to, to be creative a hundred percent and to, to have those inspirations in my, in, in my mind and to, to, to try to create something, something great. It's just, it's a, it's very difficult to explain no, when, I, when I, I do music. I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's what connects in your production, especially, is that you might care so much, but you care about the music. You don't care about the bullshit. And I think that comes off. No. Is like you are, all you are is what you put out. Like you're not mm. putting out like mm. who you are, no, no. anything. You're just the creative mm. in, the, in your public uh, persona. No. I I would say, um, you know, if, if I don't feel so good or, um, if there is something that, uh, uh, you know, some, some emotions, some not so good emotions and, um, and I'm making music, um, I transport these emotions in the music and then I try to, to find, uh, 
those samples, you know, with with with, with, with the same um, emotion and I, I, I try to transport. It, yeah, because I have it in my in my body. You know, I, I have it here, and uh, and I'm like, uh, you know, like a little bit sad, and I, oh, something, you know, and 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 I try to make to make a beat like this, really. And then when I when I'm happy, when I'm going, hey, come on, let's let's put some hard rounds and boom, boom, you know. It, it depends how I feel. It depends how I feel and uh, what what the mood is. You know, what is the mood right now? And if the mood is like, uh, oh, I'm a little bit more aggressive, and oh, come on, let's try to to make a you know a track with hard drums, aggressive sample, and and if I feel more sad, more a little bit, you know, then I try to to transport this sadness in, in into the beat. Yeah. Mm. How do you yeah, feel about I mean, it, Vega? Yeah, I say uh, as far as your question, um, I I don't know, man. I, I I probably don't think about it as much as shit. Maybe some people tell me I should. I guess like I I look at the music just in the sense of um, I think what helps me is being a bit more robotic. Like you know, Superior is a bit more passionate than me outwardly. You know what I'm saying? Um, me, I just kind of I try to keep the game away and focus, you know, mm-hmm. solely on my craft, uh, even to the sense of, uh, all right, I'm going to tell you something I learned with Leadline Wall, right? So, like, I remember when I was recording Leadline Wall and I had recorded a joint called Pal Code on there. I remember after I recorded it, I was like, yo, son, yo, something about the vibe of it after I recorded, I'm like, yo, when they hear this shit, ah, oh, man, like, this is, this is one of the ones. That shit's probably the lowest streamed song from the album, you know. So, like, I learned not to really kind of try to predict certain things. Certain things that are out of my control, I kind of just, you know, leave alone in the sense of you could strategize for everything. You could choose what features you want. You could choose what the soundscape is going to be. You can choose what you want to write and even down to who's going to engineer it and do the artwork. But certain things you can't predict and is uh, how people are going to feel about your shit, how it's going to resonate, any lasting effects that it has, which joints are, are they going to relate to, and how are people going to perceive your image and appearance, and certain things you, you can't predict and you can't worry about. So me, I kind of just uh, treat that. I just stay in my craft. It's almost like I'm that, I'm that uh, motherfucker in the, in the castle, in the tower and shit, and just kind of like locked away from society. You don't see me come down to town to get bread from the local bakery and shit and go visit the tailor and shit like that. So I try to kind of just stay locked into my music, even to the point of like, you know, certain criticisms that I might hear, you know, whether they be negative or positive on, especially like negative criticism. I don't really, I don't really subscribe to it. You know what I mean? I read it. I go, okay, cool. That's what's up. All right. And then I move on. You know what I'm saying? So, um, as far as balancing the image and, the music, I think the image kind of handles itself in the sense of I don't try to be fucking mysterious and think about you know, if I do this this way, this will come across like I'm just so obscure and shit. Like, no, nah, I just kind of just hide my fucking face and I'm introverted by nature. The fact that I don't do a lot of interviews or you don't see me on IG live all the time is like, that's just organically me. That's not like a fucking something I, I planned up and strategized and shit. So, nah, for that, that aspect of it is actually pretty easy. Yeah, you do have to. What were you saying? Sorry. 
No, I just want to say that there was a, uh, a good point, what, what he mentioned. I would say, okay, if you are a producer, um, there is, if there is a, a, a current mood, you know, that you feel, okay, transport into the beat. But I think that the um, MCs, they have to be like robotic. Because when I send the beat, MC, and the beat is very sad, I expect from the MC that he should bring the sadness in the rap too. Because then it's it. You cannot uh, make a, a, a funny rap or a regular ha ha da 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 on a sad beat, you know, uh, when the beat is sad, the rap should also be sad and then it fits. And not so many MCs got this talent to, to make it because most of the MCs, they drop their bars, hey, blah, 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 but they forget, hey, come on, man, this beat is a sad beat. You cannot drop like it. You are on a, on a, on a battle or like something like this, you know, you have to, that, that, that's why, that's why I, I have so, um, uh, a few MCs, you know, they are my favorite because they have this talent. And then if, if, if they fit to the, to, to this mood of the beat, Hey, then I got this, this, this goosebumps, you know, that's and not so many MCs give me this goosebumps because they don't have this talent to transport it in the, in, in, on the, on the beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like watching a really good movie with an actor who is that part. Not, you know yeah. when you see someone act and it's like, it's the actor being <laughs> oh, that yeah. part instead of, yeah. instead of that person being that person, like transforming who they are. And I do, I yeah. do get what that means. Like the director creates the mood, but the actor has to be that mood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, and the same with the MCs. In my opinion, a really dope MC has to be a really dope actor. Mm. Has to transport, he has to transport this mood from the beat into his rap or, or, or the, his rap transported into the beat. But that's and, a uh, crazy yeah. conundrum because would you say that words are more personal than sounds? that's 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 tricky man i mean shit i mean we can go this could be an interview in itself just this this question right here alone you know what i'm saying that's an amazing uh idea that you put forward but i mean shit i will say this i will say this though and um you know this is no disrespect to any mcs or anything um i feel like there's so much power in what we do as far as with what we can do with words um, and just, you know, language in itself. But there's certain elements to beats and certain elements to sound itself that can do more than words alone. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of a similar concept to, oh, I picked a thousand words and shit. Like, it's kind of similar in the sense that you can literally hear a uh, a sequence of four or five notes of music that can bring forth more emotion than 48 bars from somebody who is, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, I mean, dude, there, there's some shit that I've listened to. Just, uh, I'm going to give you an example. 
uh, the the theme from uh, Inception, Time, by uh, Hans Zimmer. Like, man, that shit, I get more emotion listen, listening to that composition of music than most people's entire album, you know? Um, and there's no words on that whatsoever. Nobody's speaking on that. There's not even a breath on, on that that um, that song. But, yeah, I, I kind of feel as though, to some degree, there's shit that you can do with just music and sound and notes that you can't accomplish words. That's my take on it. But I would say the the the, the best thing is um, if both if both are really yeah, both, really yeah. on point, right. you know, and and give you those right. emotions. And uh, uh, let me make a little uh, a little bit of promo of uh, the Cut. You know, there is oh, one track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you know uh, yeah, what's yeah. going on at midnight. You know what's going on there. Okay, <laughs> so let me let me right. no let me uh, um, tell you something uh, about one track on Sleep Is the Cut. You know, there was one track a uh, Vega. He he nailed it perfectly to the beat and the emotions of this song. It's incredible. It's it's the track A Voice in the Wind. Oh man, mm. and this mm. song. This song is what I really expect, you know, when when there is a beat like this, the the rap on on this beat nobody could do this could do this better. Nobody. This is perfect. This this song is so emotional. The, the a voice in the wind, hey. I hear it, I, it, it's on heavy rotation in, in you know when when I'm when I'm walking, you know, when I go outside and because uh I love all the tracks, but emotion-wise, oh, this this one is okay. We got another one, uh, the REM, the REM. Our, our outro is also so emotional. Oh man, this this album is a masterpiece. But I have to say, these two songs. If you want emotions and you want goosebumps, listen to A Voice in the Wind and REM. Yeah, and those other tracks, yeah. they are also dope, but they are, they, they got a different mood. You know, like Buckwheat. You know, with Daniel Son is. You know, hard-hitting drums and other emotions. Also dope. But um, if you want, you know, have these goosebumps, listen to A Voice in the Wind and Aryan. And the mutiny. And the mutiny. And the mutiny. Don't forget about mutiny. Superior. Superior explained where he goes when he creates. He uses the emotion he feels. Where do you go? Like, what? How do you get to the play? How do you find your muse? I guess is the best way to ask the question. Mm. Yes, Vega. Uh, you first, and then, and then I will tell, yeah. tell you. Yeah. I think uh, kind of like Superior said earlier, where once I'm provided the soundscape, I kind of just um, the focus isn't so much on the technical writing aspect. The focus is primarily based off of mood and vibe, you know what I mean? And, you know, the voice is an instrument in itself, which is why you'll hear certain tracks on the album that are a bit more, a bit more hard hitting, a bit more adrenaline driven. You know, you'll hear those records like 72 Dolphins. You'll hear, there's another joint on there called M65 Jackets, Enterprise, Body Count. Some of those records are more heavy hitting, more hardcore. Mm -hmm. So there's certain elements that come out of my voice that need to match that power level, you know? Um, and then, you know what I'm saying, to, to contrast that. And those are all beats with hard-hitting drums, very hard samples, 
So, um, yeah, I, I try to match that as best as I can. Uh, but then, like I said, in contrast, you got joints, like you mentioned, Voice in the Wind, you got the Mutiny, Rem, uh, I'm trying to think if there's, uh, I know there's, right, there might be another one, but yeah, those are the tracks that, that stand out in my mind as far as, they're, they're a lot Don't, Stonefish Venom, Stonefish Venom. Stonefish Venom, Stonefish Venom yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, um, shout out to Cambada too, but yeah, like those are records that, uh, are a lot calmer, you know what I'm saying? Um. And they're drumless. Some of them are, they're different though. You know what I'm saying? Like the mutiny is a lot different from REM. You know, Voice in the Wind is a lot different from Stonefish, even though they fall into the, the same category, right? But like there's certain elements that I feel like I need to match that move. There's this kind of melancholy, somber, morose feel to the records that I feel like I need to match tone wise. And, um, so what I do is I, I kind of sit with the beat a little bit and I just, I'll listen to it. I'll just feel it and try to draw out certain emotions into the lyrics. I think that's one thing with me is I don't really try to, I don't necessarily try to match the lyrics to the record. I more so try to, you know, for instance, I could talk about on a, uh, voice in the wind yo this beat sounds like you could write about like a story of like losing someone close to you i won't focus on the subject content uh the subject content can be something that doesn't necessarily match the vibe so to speak but it's the emotion and what i'm delivering and conveying into the lyrics that i'm um, delivering that i try best to kind of like bpm match that shit so to speak you know what i'm saying so um and then when you get in a, a, a soundscape as as wide range as the one that Superior is providing, um, I think it's, it could be challenging. You know, there's so many places that I'm traveling to on Sleep as a Cousin. You know, there's there's the aggression and there's the bravado and the ego in a lot of these records. And then you go to another record and it's like, you know, it's more of a kind of vulnerable, honest, emotional depressed kind of like um, hopelessness and despair and, and, and some of the certain tracks. So, yo, this is like a fucking roller coaster ride of, of <laughs> emotions with a lot of these records. And um, I think I just kind of, yeah, I just try to feel them out, you know, see how I feel about it, how it, how it syncs with my soul and what I'm feeling at the moment. And I try to, even if I'm not currently in that place, I try to take myself there, you know, and then, um, from there, it's like the lyrics write themselves, to be honest with you. But the, the, the lyric aspect of it is probably the easiest. You know, it's kind of getting into that that uh, realm that I need to exist in in order for me to deliver the track properly. But, yeah. I would say we uh, we created um, something like like a movie, you know, with um, when you when you watch it, like, like the movie The Godfather, there are so many different moods in, in the movie, you know, the, the, the hard scenes and then the more smooth scenes, you know, lovely scenes. And it's, it, it's like a movie. You're not watching the movie. You're listening to the movie. And is this there is an a, overarching story to the project. Mm, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna leave that alone for now. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that to interpretation. Um, even along with the title, I mean, you know, Sleep is the Cousin, that uh, obviously the first thing that a lot of people think of is, you know, Sleep is the Cousin of Death, the Nas line, you know what I'm saying, the line that Nas made famous. 
the African proverb. But um, it's kind of, I want to leave it open to interpretation uh, because you're not necessarily wrong. I mean, it's like if, if we look at a painting, right, and a hundred people look at a painting and we see a hundred different things, I mean, who's to say that you're necessarily wrong? You know what I mean? Like, uh, But that's what makes art so beautiful is the subjective nature of it. Do you even, you were saying the lyrics are the easiest part. Do you even think you're in charge of what you create? (laughs) Or are you just a vessel? Are people just vessels of their creativity? You know? I mean, look, man. Yeah, it's like, where do do ideas come from, man? You know what I'm saying? I mean, do they come from within? Do they come from our brain and our mind or do they come from some higher source and we're basically like you said just an instrument or a vessel used to convey the message and get the message across i'm gonna say this i remember you know in my earlier years of writing and uh shit i I would write certain things that it's like yo there's no fucking way that i wrote this (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i feel like uh i feel like that about a lot of shit that i hear you know listen to cambada you know um, there's certain joints that you hear from him where you're just like, yo, what the fuck, yo, that there should be certain human limitations in set to where it's like you you shouldn't even be able to access this type of shit. You know, so um yeah, I, I never really feel like it's me writing. I feel like it's some sort of some sort of power that I, I probably can't even fathom that like, you know, just takes control of my right hand and, and writes this shit for me and I just go like, okay, I guess that's that's what the fuck I'm going to say on the record. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I, I don't really feel in charge. But also, uh, there's times where, I mean, what about writer's block? You know what I'm saying? What about, it's like your brain hasn't changed. You know, everything, everything that you could access previously, theoretically on paper, you should be able to access now. You know, um, shit, maybe even more efficiently, especially if, if you've learned more since the last time you've written. You know, maybe you've read something or watched a movie and you've, you've taken in new information, <clears throat> more stimuli. So, like, but why is it that you have writer's block? You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's whatever fucking power that grants you this ability to uh, create is now blocked off. There's a door that's now fucking closed to you and you got to wait until that shit opens up again. So I never feel in charge when I write. But I will say this, I don't experience writer's block. Like, that's not something that I necessarily, like, I uh, I would say a couple of years back, yeah, I used to kind of, I'd write every now and again, and I'd wait for the feeling to hit me until I wrote again, and it would be this kind of fleeting, like, just thing that I'm reaching for, like, ah, I need you right now, and it's like, you know, I, I just got to wait until it summons me, it comes to me, but I haven't experienced that in, like, maybe two, three years. What made you, you know, break it? Oh, uh, shit, I think... That's a good question, man. Um, that's a good question. I think a number of things, you know. So I think um, one of them is I've been writing for a very, very long time, man. Like a very long time. Can I ask so how old like, you are? Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm in my 30s. Okay. You know I'm, I'm in my 30s. But, like, I've been writing for a long time, and I've amassed a library of, you know, where it's just like I've, I've, I've written for so long that it's like I have so much shit stored um, that I could probably realistically drop for like the next 
seven, eight years without even having to write anything new, you know. But um, I would say what helps is that, you know, just exercise and, like, just writing through the writer's block, so to speak, and just writing anyway. Uh, but also, shit, um, kind of having an audience now. Because I, I didn't have an audience before. So that's extra incentive for you to want to, you know, uh, Put your put your craft out there and put your art out there. So I think doing the tournament, uh, winning that tournament, the praise that I received from certain individuals, um, kind of let me know like, all right, like shit, I, I I'm on the right track. I got I do have something here. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, plus, all right, being like, the I just, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you good? I was actually damn near done anyway with it. With being the guy in the tower who doesn't come down for bread, doesn't whatever. Is it hard to then go do a public contest? Mm. Um, well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say with that particular tournament, I was writing like the day sorry. before. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, it was a contest. Same, same shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, I remember writing like the day before and having to memorize it. Uh, like 60 second rounds and then perform it the next day. And uh, once again, I didn't really, I didn't really think about that type of shit. I didn't think about how many people were watching. I didn't think about who was watching or I really just thought to myself, Hey, yo, you've been doing this shit for, you know, X amount of years. Uh, and this is, this is what you do. You know, it's kind of just, I, I don't think, I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to compare myself to fucking Floyd, but I mean, what Floyd, boxes I, I don't think he's thinking like damn son it's like millions of people watching he just he does what his body is trained to do so he kind of shuts those type of thoughts out i don't think about like ah oh, man i hope i don't this or you know hopefully this will go well like i kind of just try to block that shit out and just focus on the tax on uh, that hand so no nah, it's, it's actually not to be honest with you it's the same thing as the writer's block. It's the going into the flow state when you're in the flow state and you're not holding yourself back anything can happen Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well said. What is your uh, your relationship to what is feudal Japan and the Ronin? Mm. Um, well, I was always fascinated with uh, feudal Japan uh, since I was a child. You know, um, I remember just being like five, six years old and seeing pagodas and you know geishas, and samurai, and shoguns, and things like that, and. Like I said, even just the architecture itself, I was like, wow, this is fucking incredible. And as a kid, you know, that's the other side of the fucking world. You're not thinking to yourself like, oh, that's, yeah, I'll probably visit there one day. You're not even aware at five years old of the fact that, yo, you can hop on a plane and like, yo, it's possible. You can go there. You just need just a, a factor of money and shit like that. So it was just exotic to me, man. As a kid, I'm just like, damn, this, 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 is this place that's on the other side of the world that I... I can only see through media. I can only see through, you know, uh, books and movies and things of that nature. So, um, plus I did mixed martial arts as a kid all the way, like well into my teen years. And then that's where the Ronin name comes from, which is like, you know, Ronin is basically a, a samurai without a master. So my, my, my sensei had actually died like on a motorcycle accident. And I just, I never went back to it. I never went back to, you know, doing, doing mixed martial arts. So, after that, I kind of, you know, kind of like I'm a, I'm a Ronin in real life in the sense that, like, once my master was gone, like, I never took it back up. And I'm just out here with 
no teacher, basically. You know what I'm saying? So, and then anime and all that other shit I got into later on, and you know, blah blah blah. Why do you think you connected so much with it? Yes, it was like exotic, other, but like it became mm. who you are. Why do you think that is you? Mm. Mm. I think uh, just seeing the culture, man. You know, seeing samurai culture and the code and you know the bushido code and all of that stuff. I think it just it resonated with me as a child for for whatever reason. And uh, once again, through taking mixed martial arts and learning, you know, some of those elements and uh, you know, discipline and honor and things of that nature. Uh, it just kind of became a, a, a part of my life growing up as a teenager, and what, it just resonated with me deeply. What's your relationship with the number seven? Ah, uh, man, that's that's actually something I'm I'm probably going to reveal later on. You know what I'm saying? Um, I kind of want to keep that a little, you know, a little. I understand. I know, like my my yeah. birthday is seven seventeen ninety seven. So triple sevens were Damn. like wow. that was my thing, you know. And of course, yeah, I, I'm yeah, also yeah. whenever I see people with like seven tattoos, or right, of course right. your name, like it, it really resonates because that that's my number, you know. Right, right, right. Damn, yeah, now, that's a powerful number, man. You see it occurring so much throughout life, man. It's a very powerful number. Yeah. People also, I posted that I was born in 97 the other day and people didn't believe me. <laughs> yeah, fuck out of here. I would have thought at least like, uh, shit, yeah, probably like 87, 88, 89. That's what I know. 90 later, <laughs> 90 later. So like, I, if you would have told me like 95, I'd be like, nah, that's fucking crazy. Bro. SD Nack said I aged like milk. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> nah, you good, brother. You good, man. Did you did you know anything about the uh the, uh, the superior? Did you know anything about like uh ancient Japan and the samurai and anything like that? I would say okay, I have to say um honestly, you know, when we created this concept, you know, for 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 the album then I was, you know, uh, I was watching um, this this movies, you know, like Akari, you know, this Akari movie from the sixties, and um, and all this to to get this all this vibe into the album. And uh, I have to say, I I was ever, you know, in my whole life, I, I like this martial arts stuff. You know, when I when I was a kid, you know. My biggest idol was not a basketball player, was not a, I don't know, it was Bruce Lee, you know, Bruce Lee. He was my biggest biggest idol. I have all the movies from him, you know, all this um, Return of the Dragon and all this uh, um, Fist of Fury, the big boss, and all, all these movies, you know, Bruce Lee, he was my biggest idol. I, I, you know, I, I was like like him trying to... to, to to imitate him, you know, with his moves and wah, you know what I mean? Um, he, he was my biggest idol. So, so, um, and I also, um, uh, have one of my absolute favorite movies is, uh, 36 chambers. Of course, you know, I, I love this movie, you know, this kid, when you, when you get into this, in the Shaolin temple with the thir- uh, 36 chambers and uh, yeah, all these movies, I, I love it. I love it, you know, but, uh, I get, now more into the Japanese culture and with the samurai, you know, because of the album. And, and I was, uh, I made my, my homework, my research and to get all this mood, all this mood into the album because the concept of the album is this, 
Japanese culture? Is this Ronin? Is this samurai? All this, you know, and um, I want to transport this uh, 100% um, the best that I can, you know, and um, there was uh, for me to make uh, my homework. And, but uh, as a child, I, I was the biggest Bruce Lee fan. That's, There's no bigger Bruce Lee fan than me, man. I guess it's maybe an <laughs> ignorant, ignorant thought, but I was like, because you are closer, I didn't know if it was so like to in America. It's very, it's like that's literally the other side of the world, you know. Yeah, so it yeah, is very yeah. different for us. It is far from you, but you are closer, so maybe it's not as uh, um, different, you know. I'm always interested in that. Like I saw this thing on Facebook today where it was like future couldn't sell out arenas internationally. Like he's really big in America. And I think we get caught very much in like what's big in America isn't big everywhere else, you know, and things that are huge everywhere else might not catch on in America like that. Like I know friends who tour Asia and sell out. But like they don't, they're not big over here, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the opposite holds true as well. You know what I'm saying? Even outside of music, we kind of tend to assume like, ah, that shit's big out here. You know, like we think, you know, we think of something in the world, I guess, best country and shit. You know, superpower, and so we we think like if it's big out here, it's got to be big out everywhere else. Or even if it's not big out there, like you know, that shit exists out there. They know about it. You know, so, hey, yo, come on. Is that your own bobblehead right there, Bob? Yeah. My friend, yo, made, fire, my friend made it for my birthday. Uh, no, for, dope, he, he made it for me. He was like, yeah, bucked up. It even has the Conway album that I'm on as the hoodie. Yo, that's crazy. That, <laughs> yo, that's fine. I uh, also, I have to ask, I have a bong mm-hmm. that I was gifted signed by DJ Muggs, and I've never used Dang. it before. Should I smoke yeah. out of it or should I just leave it unused? <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Smoke I'm it, man. Say, smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Smoke it, man. I agree in the sense that you should, but I think you know you know when that time is right. Yeah. You know, when it's like a, I wouldn't do it on a random Tuesday and just smoke out of it just cause, man. But you know, I think if it's a special occasion or or you know something's going down, hell yeah, definitely. It's like yo, people who buy sneakers or whatever and it's just like they keep the sneakers like in the closet they collect them but they never wear them it's like yo they made for wearing throw them shits on even if it's just one time and you go into like somewhere special or something you gotta do it one time you gotta smoke out of there at least one time yeah as soon as because Muggs said he'll come on the podcast so as soon as Muggs comes on the podcast I'll smoke out of it if Muggs come on the podcast yes you got to exactly (laughs) and you gotta turn it you gotta Turn it so they see the the, the uh, autograph and shit. <laughs> yeah, the the signature mm-hmm. on it. Superior. Uh, what was uh, your what was your uh, image of America growing up? The image of America. Yeah, hey, it was so. Uh, it was always uh, to me like uh, it's a country uh, like um, like uh, it's unreachable and it's so far and it's so big and wow, you know. When I was a kid, I was dreaming. I I, I want to be w- one time in America. They have so so big skyscrapers, and they are, you know, the the, the country is so big. And I was every time fascinated uh, when I when I when I uh, when somebody was talking about America. 
and uh, yeah, and then um, I went there. I went there, but I went um, uh, when it was like two thousand seven or I, I went to the, um, the west coast. You know, because I got, I got mm-hmm. some, I got some friends there in the west coast. You know, come to the east, man. Yeah, I have to come to the east. I was in the <laughs> west coast because I was inviting you for from a few um, uh, B boys from they are Latinos and they were here in Germany making shows. And, and I was DJing on the show and, uh, yeah, they were there and, uh, uh, break dancers, Latino break dancers. And they, they live in South central in, in LA, you know, very dangerous place. And I was there like, 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 uh, uh, uh one time for two weeks and then another time, no, two times for two weeks. And, uh, well, it was crazy. It was Can you so break crazy. Dance superior? <laughs> yeah. Back in the days, but, uh, then I started to, to DJing. And then, uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm okay to break dance. I'm a, uh, I was, I was a very good DJ. I was uh, second place in Germany in the, in the DJ competition. Oh, but, wow. uh, I think producing, mm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my ear for producing and uh, I think my talent is, is to make, to make productions. It's, it's better than, uh, uh, even better than DJ and, uh, better than break dance, you know, um, I still can't make some moves, but, uh, I think uh, my productions. This is what what I have to focus. I don't want to make like five things, and you know, uh, I have, uh, I want to focus on on one thing and make this uh, as good as I can, and uh, I try to make that my best, and um, that's the production. Yeah, yeah I'm not and gonna I think tell you what I, to I, do, I do but right. don't give up music for dancing. I love your music too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, you yeah, no, no, some no, crazy no. stuff. So I studied theater in college, and my one of my degrees is in theater. And with the degree in theater, they gave me a dance degree too, even though I took no classes in dance. I'm 6'4", 280 pounds. Like, I can't dance, but I have a dance degree. Like, if I go... A man got a bonus degree. <laughs> he got a dance degree. That's crazy. Hey, yo, what, yo, what can you do with that? with a dance degree nothing it's never helped me well i'm a stand-up comedian it's a joke now like that's what it helped that's me hilarious. with it helped me have a joke on stage what was your that's image hilarious. of germany growing up or europe in whole uh, i mean everybody else's image of germany as a kid just like amazing bear manufacturers <laughs> world war ii <laughs> shit like that uh but then as i got older um uh, I, I was able to understand, obviously, a bit more beyond that. You know what I mean? And uh, then I was just like, damn, you know, um, I actually want to, I would love to live out in Germany, man. I've actually said before, I told uh, I told my boy Craig, I'm like, man, you know, I want to go to Denmark, uh, Belgium, Austria, Germany. Um, I'd love to, like, maybe not live out there primarily, but, like, if I had, like, a, another house out there, to where when I'm when I go out there I don't have to stay at a hotel or go you know, get a whatever. Um, yeah, you can't get to my trip. Hey, but but let me tell you something. That's the first stop. <laughs> yeah, hey, I have to say something. Um, you have to go to Spain, man. Spain, I think this is one of the most beautiful countries in in, in Europe. And uh, yeah, people they think I, I I'm German, but I'm not. I'm I'm Spanish. You know. I, I, Okay, I was born here, but uh, but my blood is Spanish. All my family is Spanish. My parents, aunts, and uncles, and uh, the, the whole family is Spanish. And uh, 
and uh, yeah, and I spend uh, every year um, in the summer. Uh, I spend there my my uh, vacations in, in Spain, and um, you know uh, the weather in, in in Spain. You you got like six months, uh, uh, you know, just sunny days, and in Germany, one day sun, the next day rain, the other day no, no, and then and then you think it's like uh, uh, I don't know, like. Uh, like a, a, a big tornado, I don't know, boom, boom, boom. And then the next day, sun. Then it, it changed yeah, too much. Crazy. And that's why the people are so crazy in Germany, because the weather makes... Yeah. Like, let me ask you, you know what I mean? Let me ask you yeah. So like Madrid or Barcelona? Okay. Now you got it. <laughs> okay. I, I dated a girl <laughs> who lived in Barcelona, I, so I spent a lot of time in Barcelona. L- let me Let me tell hey, you. Bye. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I would say beautiful Barcelona. You got the you got the beach there, and the city is more beautiful. But it started like I don't know when it started. Uh, I didn't for like a few years ago. You know what? You know what? <laughs> then it started. Then it started the politics. Politics. You know yeah, that they yeah. want to be. Hey, we want to have our own country. We are Catalonia. We are no more Spain. We will. And when this did started, and when I came to Barcelona, and I talked in uh, uh, Spanish because they they got their own they got their own language. The language is Catalanish. Catalan. Catalan. It's Catalan. And if you go there and you speak in Spanish and you don't speak Catalan, they look at you and say, hey, man, hey, you are a foreigner. You are not from here and, and stuff like this. Yeah. All this politics yeah. shit, hey, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hate it. I hate it. And it started when they, you know, when they said, you know, uh, yeah, we want to be, we want to have our, our own country and all this. And yeah, it depends. And and I love the people in Madrid more. Isn't there it are, crazy there are how... Some real, the same shit happens everywhere. Like, it's like we get stuck right, in the right. same pushing each other away mentality. It's stupid as fuck. Right. Let, let me finish this uh, because uh, um, some people, they don't have to give me, uh, you know, some, some wrong because I have really, really close friends in Barcelona. There is one guy, his name is Jimmy. He got a own uh, radio station. And he's one of the best radio guys in in in, in whole Spain, and and I'll, uh, he's like my brother. And uh, uh, I have some really close friends in Barcelona too. Don't get me wrong, but I will say, many people in Barcelona, you know, they come with this politic shit, and I don't I, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about this independence stuff. And uh, yeah, come on, man, make your own country, man, and, <laughs> and fuck, fuck you, man. You know what I mean? So. I don't give a fuck, but, um, yeah, the, the people in Madrid, they are very, very lovely. You know, they are very, you know, you come to there and you say, come on, hey, sleep in my house here. And they are very lovely people. And, uh, yeah, more, more than in Barcelona back in the days, maybe but now with this politic shit, I would prefer more people in Madrid. But like I said, Jimmy and all those uh, guys in Barcelona, they're like my brother. Superior, you ever been to Sitges? Where? Sitges. It's like a beach town outside of Barcelona. What's the name? Can C- you, can you, can you? Sitges, I think S-I-T. 
I've seen it. Yes, yeah. Ah, no, 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 no. This is a touristic place. You know, I don't go to the touristic places. Uh, I go, <laughs> I go where the, the you know, <laughs> you know the I real places. The... You know the real places. Yeah. <laughs> know, you know, hey, uh, um, since three years, um, um, Ibiza. Mm. But I don't, I don't go to this. Uh, I don't go to this Playa de Bosa where all those where all the clubs are. I go to a smaller place with a dope beach and not so many people and uh, and then I don't know. Other area, you know, I don't go to this Blaya and Bossa or all this shit, you know, where the people, you know, with all these clubs and, uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and this club, there is no, there is no hip hop club there in Playa and Bossa. There are only, uh, a, a few hip hop clubs in, uh, in a city called, um, San Antonio, by the San Antonio, there, there is, that this is not a place to be, you know. That's is, uh, I live up in the Northeast and the weather makes us crazy. I live in Massachusetts. So it's like okay, <laughs> and my girl yeah, lives yeah. in New Hampshire, which is even farther north of <laughs> Massachusetts. So that's just cold woods. It's crazy. Uh, how far? How far is it from you to to Lynn? To Lynn? To how Lynn? Far? Oh, it's uh probably forty five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, so then you uh, do you visit Astinag a few uh, sometimes or not? Or because he he's like your neighbor. Yeah, no, I've had, I actually just did a podcast with him and Davino. Uh, Nack, I've hung out with a bunch of times. He's, I've been to the Mindy Mansion. He's, uh, he's one of my okay. favorite people. He's, I, lo- I love Nack. Yeah, so he's your neighbor. He's he your really neighbor. is. We live <laughs> hella close. Neighbor. How about you? Where are you, where are you from? What state? I'm from Queens. I'm from Queens, New York. Oh, okay. I grew up in Queens my whole life. so... I'm not. I'm not uh, in New York anymore. But I lived there for the longest amount of time. I'm from I'm actually from a. Uh, I'm from a part of Queens. I'm basically from like Jamaica, Queens. You know what I'm saying? But I'm from a part called uh, Lawson. Yeah, but I, I don't miss the snow at all. I don't miss <laughs> shoveling that shit and the dirty snow and the transportation and the fucking the weather is like. You know, you see that shit say like six degrees, and then you look on the app, and it's like feels like negative eleven and shit. Nah, man, I'm I'm good with that. Man. <laughs> I'm not really a city it, person. <laughs> I love going to cities, but like I live in the woods right now. Like I love oh, living in the woods. I love having my peace. I love like yesterday. I went for a run through like you know wood woodland path. I don't want right. to be near people. Nah, yo, so, hey, yo, you, you and Danielson need to go hunting, man. I you, do. Danielson said he wants to move full time into the bush. Hell yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> knock him at all, man. I kind of if I can live off the grid, bro, and, and just be in like fucking, you know, Wyoming or some shit, just like away from everybody, and just like hunt for my own food, and you know, practice irrigation and agriculture, and grow my own crops and shit. I, I would, I would do it. How about you, sir? Are, are you a city guy or are you a town? Are you a woods guy? Who are you asking? You. You asking me? Uh, um, I, I need a, a mix of both. Sometimes uh, um, I like this nature, you know, to to be like in a forest or you know this nature. But then I get then then I get boring. Then I get bored, you know. And I need an action. To the action yeah. when I go to the big city, I don't know. Uh, I need this nature. 
You always need what you don't have, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hey, the yo, truth. <laughs> yo, 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 Daniel's son, man. Yo, come holler at me, man. Let's go fishing or something, man. That would be... Yeah. Shit, if you guys go fishing, I'm coming fishing with you guys. I'm too, bro. Oh, Facts, bro. Fuck, that would be incredible. Yes, sir. He can yes, teach sir. us how to train foxes and shit. <laughs> That's what I want to learn right there, man. I want to be the fox charmer, man. I want to learn how to do that. Man. That's incredible. Uh, that the album's crazy. dropping tonight? Yes. Yeah, That's midnight. incredible. Midnight. Midnight, midnight. I can't wait yeah. to hear it. Thank you guys for doing this. I, we've already been going over an hour. This has felt like no time oh, at all. Oh, damn. It's, it's, it's for like 10 minutes, man. For yeah, real. For, sure. for real. This Appreciate was, you, this was awesome as hell. Thank you guys so much for doing this. For real. It's been an honor. Yo, lastly, before, before I leave, thank you. Hey, yo, Soup, man. Mm-hmm. You, think, you think this won't be album of the year? I would say easily. Let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, man. Yes, sir. No, but uh, you know, you know, you know what? Let the audience or, or um, judge. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. In this case, in this case, that's you know. I got ears. I got all, I got also ears, you know, and uh I I'm I'm too too um too much, you know, into this into this uh, rap rap thing and uh say why I cannot give my own my, my opinion and I I would say the uh, the rap fit the beat I don't think there there is a, another album that can, can can do it like this. I loved, I the loved rap, all the singles. The rap, I can't wait to hear the whole thing. The rap and and and, and the beat they, they fit so perfect, and we made like a movie. We made like a you know we have different moods on it. You know most of the yeah when I'm listening, uh, you know I, I'm here, I'm here. You know um, listening all the Fridays, the releases, the new releases. Hey, you listen to an album, the whole album sounds the same. Always, yeah. All the same beats, blah, blah, always the same bars, always the same content. And I get bored. You know, I say, hey, hey man, so why not make an album with different moods and um, different content? Not always talking about the same bullshit, you know? You know, you have to talk about different, uh, different subjects and different, uh, different things. You, you, you have to make a, one track, maybe like a storytelling track. Another one, okay, maybe like, uh, you know, uh, so, so some different, uh, and, uh, but, but not, not always to make the, the same thing. And to me, most of the albums, the beats are the same on the album or the content of the MCs, the same. And we made it very different, you know, and very in different moods and different content and, and that's why I think it's very, very hard for for those other artists out there to beat this album. Mm. That's my opinion. I, that's can't my wait. I can't wait to hear the whole thing because you guys really are on a different level, both of you separately, but together you Thank guys you are going to fucking go Super Scion. Oh, yeah, yeah. This ain't, this ain't the last either, man. You know what I'm saying? Me, me and Scoop definitely going to hit him again, man. So, hey, stay tough. So. 
man, thank you so much for your time. I hope everyone goes listens to the album. Um, thank you guys for listening. Peace out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,